0: Once again, listening to the Be Contagious Leadership Experience, and today we have got author, championship basketball coach, and entrepreneur, Francois Bedell, but you may know him as Coach Q. So today, he drops by the neighborhood, he talks about his book, he talks about his journey, he talks about his movement in helping coaches get to another level in their personal and professional life. So stay tuned, take notes, because you will love Coach Q. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I've got another great guest. They just keep coming over and over again. I got Coach Francois Bedell. Yes, sir. Known he did as Q. And he's had just a uh, he's an author. He is an accomplished coach. He is a father, he is a husband, uh, he is a jack of all trades and master of everything, so I'm so glad uh, you you came on, Q-Man, how's it going?
1: Uh, wonderful, man, uh, trying to stay away from people coughing and sneezing, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand, now listen, you know, for people who are listening to this three years down the road or, or in three months... Yeah. We are battling the world is in a war against a disease named after a beer called the coronavirus. Um, so that's what we're all doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Without the line,
0: without the line, without the line. Q, I want you to go first of all, thanks for coming on. Um, I want you to go ahead, share with the listeners about who you are, what you've done, et cetera,
1: man. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. And it's such a pleasure, uh, to be, uh, on this show. And, um, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm a twin. Um, my name is Francois Bedell. I have a twin brother named Leray Bedell. I have a beautiful wife and a son, Crystal and Amir, uh, Bedell. And, um, you know, that probably, uh, those, those two are my reason why I wake up and, um, I grind the way I grind. Um, I work the way I work. Uh, and before my son, he's, he just turned to year in February. Um, we weren't planning on having kids at all, and so um, now to have this, he's kind of changed. He's kind of changed the whole aspect of what life means and what time means, and right. you know what, uh, leaving a legacy uh, absolutely means, and pouring into uh, others. And now I get the chance to pour into something that is my own. After pouring into twenty years of other people's kids, right. I get to <laughs> pour into my own. So. It, it's been exciting. So those two are probably my biggest uh, gift. And uh, uh, I really kicked the cover when I married my wife. I got a beautiful wife, and I don't know how I did that. But, <laughs> you know, I got—Lord uh, the bless me. But, uh, H, I'm, I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona.
0: Okay. Um, I'm I lived in Tucson, Arizona, actually, for yeah, a year.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona. Um, I'm the son of a musician. Uh, my dad uh, was a professional musician actually born and raised here in Springfield, Missouri. Um, And so my family's really known for their musical talents. Um, You know, they signed with Isaac Hayes uh, and uh, Stax and Motown. Um, My dad was nine years old traveling the, you know, Chitlin Circuit at nine years old, singing and performing. And so um, that's kind of the area of, you know, entertainment that we grew up in. And I think that's kind of where I get... You know the the talking, the right. inner the the side of me, the entertainment side of me <laughs> is from my father. Um, my mother passed away uh, in 2012 uh, of ovarian cancer, mm. but she was the protector. She was the uh, lioness. And uh, but you talk about one of the sweetest women. Um, she poured so much into me, and her name was Peggy Bedell, and she was a physical therapist. Okay, and so um, real two, uh, you know, grew up in a two parent home. Uh, Successful parents Um, I was born with uh, I had to overcome a lot I was born with dyslexia Mm -hmm. First of all, my twin brother um, He ate everything in the womb So I was (laughs) a pound Uh, And, you know, uh, had to survive And overcome that Didn't think I was going to make it But, you know, found a way Fought through Um, You know, grew up with dyslexia Learning disabilities um, Had to overcome Dad had to overcome being short You know, Mm -hmm. everybody talking about how short I was and I would never do this. (laughs) You're not hard enough to do that. And so there's a lot of things that you had. I had to just uh, beat the odds in. And I think that's what made me who I am today. And it made me a fire, and, uh, you know, made me think outside the box on ways to be creative. Um, You know, and then I went to college, made it into college uh, by God's grace, made it to grad school uh, by God's grace, Um, and got to grad school and realized that I love learning, Right. which is the weirdest place to kind of figure out that you love learning. All of a sudden you're like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) I love learning. And I just got it. (laughs) I love learning and, uh, got to grad school and ended up double majoring in sports rec management and counseling, Okay. uh, which was really unheard of for a person with dyslexia and learning (laughs) disability. And did really well in those areas and then got out of grad school and had an opportunity to step into my first job was at my alma mater, University of the Ozarks. Okay. I was the student activities director, resident director, and uh, ran an all-girls dorm, and uh, which was crazy in itself, but it prepared me for women's basketball. <laughs> yes, it uh, did. Which I tell everybody. Uh, and from there, uh, wasn't happy. Uh, it felt like something was missing. Right. Um, and it was coaching. It was, it was dealing with the game of basketball. So uh, I left um, a really good job, making a lot of money. Um, and I went and worked for volunteer at Northside High School with a gentleman by the name of Ricky Smith. And he had one of the best programs in the country. Um, and he uh, told me if I come and help him, he'll help me get into college. And I helped him for two years, went to a state championship, went to a Final Four, And then um, he got me into uh, college coaching, and that was all she wrote. He stuck to his word. Yes, sir, he did. And he's one of my biggest uh, fans, one of my biggest mentors. Um, You know, just love that man to death uh, for what he did for me as a person. Right. Um, And, you know, I spent time with him in the laundry room. He showed me how to build a program Mm -hmm. and showed me how to uh, manage manage, – uh, and lead, you know, go from managing to leading people, Right. Um, you know, and, oh, and there's a difference. And so, you know, I just think, uh, I give him a lot of credit. We still talk to this day. Um, yeah. He's a brother of mine. And um, from there, I went to SEMO. I went to yeah. Southeast Missouri State, worked for a gentleman by the name of BJ Smith, mm-hmm. um, who was a junior college coach. So I kind of learned how junior college coaches' mind think and how they grind, Um You know, and then left there after three years and had an opportunity to go work for a guy named Greg Franklin, um, who's the head coach at Chipola Mm -hmm. uh, Junior College. He was at SIC, Southeastern Illinois Community College. And so I was there for two years. I went to a Final Four with him, won the conference uh, with him, uh, was nationally ranked with the number one team in the country at the time. And then he leaves to go to Mississippi State. Okay. And then I have a, a decision. I can go with him and be the ops person at Mississippi State or go back to SIC and be the AD and head coach for right. only $19,000 a year. <laughs> Let, no hold experience. on a second,
0: Coach. Listen to everybody. $19,000 as an AD and head basketball coach. So for all you coaches say, you know, not trying to climb that ladder, you've got to sacrifice a little bit and yes. if a lot to go ahead and make yeah. it happen.
1: Yes. Yes. And, um, uh, and they cut it when he left, they cut it from 50 something to 19,000. <laughs> so I was like, well, I've been an ops and an assistant before a uh, third assistant. Uh, I said, I'm going to go and be an AD and assistant and see what it feels like to be run your own And right. So, you know, we were, we end up going 33 and four was nationally ranked. Um, went to the national tournament again, and that parlayed me going back to Mississippi State as an assistant mm. uh, the following year. So I um, was an assistant for four years under Sharon Fanny, okay. uh, who's a legend now. Um, and so we had some really good years, two years at uh, – well, four years at Mississippi State, went to uh, Sweet 16, um, You know, two NCAA <laughs> tournaments, three WNBA draft picks, you know, I had a great opportunity to uh, be in the SEC, which was a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And we were successful, and she retired all of a sudden, and then I'm stuck without a job.
0: Without a job. And
1: so now happens a this lot. transition, you're in this transition period, which I hear uh, you don't become a great coach in uh, college basketball unless you've been either fired or let go at some point. <laughs> so, um, you I've know. I've been all I, of
0: that, so, so I understand.
1: Yes, yes, sir. So I, I got got an opportunity, got let go and uh, was trying to figure out this transition piece. And so started kind of uh, going back to training, developing in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And then Marlene Stallings gave me a call and I went to VCU and worked with Marlene. And, you know, we helped turn that program around. And then after a year, uh, it laid into being the head coach at Tallahassee Community College where we uh, had an opportunity to run my own program, um, take a program that had struggled for many years and build it to uh, national prominence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won a national championship in 2018, and then that's when I wrote the book, From Chumps to Champs. And, um, you know, and then the following year, after we win, we go 29, we go 25 and 5. We're ranked third in the country, and we don't make it to the national tournament. Um, and then, you know, Amaka, you um, Hamilton calls me uh to be the top assistant here at Missouri State and you know and of like a week ago we kind of separate ways
0: right, and I'm right.
1: going transitioning now again to um entrepreneurial the leadership the coaching the teaching um and um, publishing my about to publish my third book uh and here we are with yeah. you on contagious
0: very good. Well, I, let, let's talk about when you are at Tallahassee, talk about the the principles that you put in to help take that program from not great to where it was as a national champion.
1: So when I first walked in, uh, Hernando, I, I tell people this and they uh, laugh and I, I've said it before. Um, I went to uh, I saw the job opening and I was like, man. Tallahassee. I know the conference, right. you know, so I reached out to some people and said, hey, can I how, how can I get in on this job? And um, a person helped me get in on the job. And so I uh, I got I got an interview. So I got the interview and two hundred and fifty some odd people had yeah. applied for this job. <laughs> and there were <was> some <laughs> Hall of Fame coaches applying for this job. Like I was like when I found out some of the people I beat out for the job, it was kind of crazy. And, um, and so um, I get, I, I get the call, and I'm like, all right, I got to figure out if this is really where I want to be. So I fly to Tallahassee three days before my interview. Mm-hmm. And I walk on campus um, for two days. I'm basically meditating, praying. I'm walking in different uh, areas, and I'm watching people, how they interact, because I feel like to truly do what I want to do, it's going to take this whole campus to kind of, you know, change if if there's anything it needs to change. And I wanted to see how people operated. I wanted to see if people were nice and I wanted to see how a mission was. So I walked in all those places and I found some really good things and I found some things that, you know, were questionable. But at the end, uh, when I met the AD and I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with the AD and I met the temperament of, of him, I felt like this is a place I could win. And the first thing he said to me was, you know, there's no reason why I don't think why we can't win a national championship here. Mm-hmm. And and even though we were the the less the the last program in the conference uh, that had the best funding, we were bottom of that. Uh, facilities were probably second to last at the time. Uh, you know, support none. Uh, faculty wanting to help the program because it had just kind of been downhill with the the character of people was none. So there was a lot of work that needed to be done. And the first thing I did when I came in was, um, I assessed the players
0: Mm -hmm. and not so much as
1: them. Yeah. I didn't even assess the talent. I didn't really care about talent. Um, I assess who, what kind of people did I have? Like what character, type of people did I have like who's here because I, I knew they were really good the year before like they had a lot of talent and a lot of it was leaving and so who's left you mm-hmm. know and so when I looked at their GPAs everybody was failing right so I'm like this ain't this ain't good so I had to go in and um, recruit people I had to go in and talk to the people that are there and I told them this is going to be the hardest thing you ever do character-wise and accountability-wise. I said, because there's not a whole lot of accountability because I'm looking at your GPA right now. Mm -hmm. You didn't take anything serious in this circumstance, which when change happens, I know people may get depressed, things may happen, but we had to go in and change uh, that mindset. So the first thing I did was I told them how it was going to be, and it was going to be about good people. And so I kept on the assistant, and his name was Lamar Hamilton, who is married to Amaka Hamilton. I kept him on at the time, um, and I believed, and I saw something in him, and I believed in him, and I was like, the first thing I needed to do was get him transformed into what I needed and what my expectations were. So we went into the locker room. Um, Locker room was really an amazing locker room for Mm -hmm. a junior college. Um, you had 15 showers. You had 15 locker rooms. I mean, you had a nice space. And you go down into the uh, the showers, there was uh, boxes and clothes and stuff right. piled up from about 15, 20 years. Um, they had lockers that you opened up that had not been cleaned in four wow. or five years. Yeah. And I was like, put on gloves, I yep. put on the mat.
0: Let's go. And
1: I went to work. And the locker room was the first place that I transformed because mm-hmm. I feel like that is the place that all the spirits of expectation, uh, depression, uh, all your spirits of success or losing, they live in the locker room. It's your home. And so, Yes. And so we cleaned that out and I saved, me and my wife came in and we saved the locker room. And I know Lamar was looking at me like I was damn crazy and and I'm like like all the losing spirits, all the you know, all the stuff in here that is not like being a champion. Um, I put up signage, we painted. Right. Um, and we just added we added the tone of what we wanted what I expected of them and I wouldn't allow them into the locker room until they earned the right. So they never they never stepped foot in the locker room for about 5 months until they earned the right to get into the locker room. And then when they walked into the locker room it was a surprise for them. Like, oh, my God, he's yeah. serious. And that that was what changed the tone and created the culture that we were going to develop and go from that point. And right. so that's kind of where I, I started was in the locker room.
0: No, I think it's great. I mean, you talked about character right there. You talked about, you know, uh, taking a look at who the people are. You're changing. But I mm-hmm. think what is so important, you talk about the locker room, like it's home, right? I mean, people yes. love coming home because it's comfortable, whether – it's the pictures they put up, whether it's their kitchen, whether, whatever. I mean, I've lived in a lot of different homes, probably the same thing as you coach. And, and when we're younger, we're like, I don't really care what it looks like. But now as time goes on, you're like, no, I want pictures. I got a picture of my kids. I got a picture of my New Zealand team up behind me. I mean, those are, are different things that, that you have to do when you made all those changes um, when you were putting this culture in place and everything else, what was the pushback that you received, and how did you handle it from the pl- more of the players more than anything else?
1: Gotcha. The the pushback was you're crazy, and what you're asking is <laughs> not possible. We're not used to that. Right. That is not what we've done. And and so and how I handled it was okay. Yes, it is now what you've done, and you're not used to it. But so I asked the question. What do you want to be? What do you, where do you want to go? How do you want this to end? So let's, let's, let's take it to the end End game. Mm-hmm. What is the end game then? So if, if you don't believe in the end game that I'm giving you right now, let's talk about the end game. What is your end game? What does that look like? Right. And, and what does that look like to you? And so I asked him that question. So you walk me through end game to this point now, and you tell me how we get to your end game. And they're like, I don't I don't, I don't have a clue what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> they never have the answer.
1: You okay, know. I said, okay. I said, so now we know that you don't know. So I have an idea. I have an idea. This is what the end game looks like for me, for you. Mm-hmm. So I talk about national championship. I talk about conference championship. I talk about uh, being one of the best academic teams in the country. I talk about Building relationships in our community and building relationships uh, in our families because mm-hmm. some of those things that got to heal before we can even become a champion. I talk about academically how we want to look individually. I talk about what they want to accomplish individually. Like it was a two-hour meeting with each kid. Mm-hmm. And wow, two we, hours. Yeah, it's a good time. We talk about all those things, and so now they're like, "Oh, wow, okay." i want to do what you're doing i want to do what you talked about coach Mm -hmm. i I want that right okay now this is how it this is how it starts and and so that was the pushback and then but me asking the question was where i kind of solved their their doubts and and then for them they never had someone to kind of have a plan like Mm -hmm. like this dude is like he cares for me because he has a plan. Right, like he's articulating a plan to me, um, and I'm very, um, I'm very part part whole. Like I'm gonna part part whole. I teach part part whole, and and that's how I process and I see things. And so I, I had to break down the parts for them. Let, let's talk about the whole, but let's then let's break it down to where we start today on getting to, uh, the championship, but it's going to be in pieces. And that's kind of how we dealt with it. Um, and that's kind of the, I guess that counseling background too, uh, right. H that I have. And so that's, that's how I, uh, you know, fended off the pushback yeah. Then believing in really quick. And then, you know, I had kind of had, I had success in other places and, um, you know, and I had a name coming in. so a lot of people kind of, that, that was a help. That helped too, that right. I had success in other places.
0: Right. I think, uh, um, you know, a lot of coaches, a lot of business uh, people, a lot of organizations, you know, they have the plan, they lay out the plan. Um, the execution of the plan is always, I think, the part that kind of gets lost in it with everything yes, else. What did you do to assure that you were executing the plan that you had put in place?
1: The, the biggest thing was staying true to who I was. Hmm. Um, and, you know, and I listened to other people, but at the bare essence, you know, I was always going to make the decision based on what was best for my program and what was best for us, right. not what someone else thought, not what, you know, and even though I talked to mentors, I never took, I listened, but I, I never based a decision based on what a mentor or what this person was doing over here. I never cared what Gulf Coast or Chipotle or Northwest were doing. Right. I could give two damns about anybody else, but what was for my program. And so the first thing I think it helped execute was I gave them a calendar mm-hmm. every day on when practice times were going to start, when we were going to do a uh, study hall, when we we're going to do leadership development, when, Everything was organized to the T on a calendar, and mm-hmm. I never swayed from that. You know, um, as I was going through the basketball piece, I knew I wanted to play up-tempo. I wanted to be very fast, so conditioning was a very key point of mine. Like, we had to be the best conditioned team. So, um, and it was tough. Yeah, and I never swayed. I never swayed from it. Right,
0: that's You know, good. I yep.
1: wanted to average I wanted to average 103 points a game, and people looked at me crazy, like 103 points a game. Like, yes, I never swayed from that, and we got to that. So it was I never swayed from what I was trying to do. Now I may have made some adjustments, mm-hmm. but I stayed true to what the plan was and what we were going to accomplish, and um, I never swayed from it. Even though some of my sisters like that ain't going to work. That ain't going right. to work. Okay. You know, <laughs> we'll make some adjustments, but you know, if you can't believe in it, then we can't we can't be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You
1: know, and then once they started like, "Wow, okay, that does work." We all got to be in the same boat. And if we're all in the same boat and we're all rowing in the same direction, we're going to get we're going to get somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then if we get somewhere that we not we don't like, then we're going to make an adjustment. We get back in the boat and we start rowing in a different direction. But we all got to buy in, and for the most part, I had a staff and people that worked with me uh, and not for me. They worked with me. Mm-hmm. They really, really did a great job of just playing their part and 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 uh, working their roles, and it made us uh, a really good team.
0: Yeah. Now, what were? a few uh, things that you look back and maybe made some mistakes or thought like, you know what, I could have just done this a little better, primarily more on, on your time at, at Tallahassee.
1: My my time at Tallahassee, so that first year I was a maniac. <laughs> I was a damn lunatic. Uh, okay. I wanted to make a point. Uh, I wanted them to understand, but there were times where I could have kind of just laid off. Um, <laughs> That's all of us. You know, you know and um, I look back on it, and it's memorable now because those kids, are like, man, you you made you made me the person I am today because of those moments. Right. And then they come back and they see me five years later, and they're like, "Man, you so dang soft. <laughs> like you would have had <laughs> us running two hundred suicides." And so, um, I, I, I I was I came in I came in too rambunctious and I came in too overzealous, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure everybody knew that. Not so much I was the head coach, but I was the enforcer. Yeah, this is what we're doing. And, yes, and then and and, and I, I I think that I learned from it. Yes, because I I grew from that. But then at the same time, where I learned is I was trying to manage people my first year,
0: uh-huh.
1: and where I learned my second year was I had to start leading people. Yes, and where I got better, uh, Coach H is um, I started doing personal development and get and paying for coaching and developing myself. And when I started doing that, like that was the key, uh, to growing into myself, uh, to the program was a national champion. I, and, 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 and I, I I tell people all the time, it was when I changed my mindset of growth mindset, right? I, I became growth mindset oriented. I became process driven and not outcome driven Um, but it had to start with me and it started with me. Um, I started getting, I started paying for a mentor, uh, in a mentoring program, John C. Maxwell mentoring program. And then I got some other coaches to help. And that's where I started to grow. And, and I started, uh, studying life coaching, um, certified life coach. And that's when I started to truly, truly grow as a person. And then my Mm. kids started to grow as people and my program started to grow, and I started to see the real essence of why I was really there, not to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what I was there for. That's what I went there for right. and to prove to people that I was a great coach. And But I left there so much better because I learned that, you know, I think I won a national championship because I, I built people. I, I poured into people and they were able to pour into the program and give me what I wanted because I was giving them what they needed.
0: Yeah. And I I think you make a great point. You know, it's you're giving them what they needed. I think student athletes today, I think employees, I think uh, leaders, I think our partners, Mm -hmm. we have to give them what they need. We have to take those steps forward,
1: which is totally
0: different than I think the way coaching used to be or partnerships used to Mm -hmm. be. It was always like, you got to come to me. You got to, yeah. or you got to meet me halfway. I, halfway. I wasn't a huge part of meet me halfway because my halfway is different than your halfway. Yes, sir. So learning about it. So when you took, to looked at your program, as you went through, you were there what four years, five years, I was there six years. All right. So talk about how different you were, your five and six compared to one through four. Now we already know that you were you're trying to push them really hard, so maybe talk more about five or six some of the things that you saw within yourself that had changed.
1: So, I had a uh, one of my mentors, and he was an assistant coach for me my first year, and my first two years, and then he left, and he went and got his uh, ATC degree and and uh, and stuff, and then he came back okay. my last year, and he worked with me, mm-hmm. and he looked at me, uh, and uh, he said wow, I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen a young coach grow into a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I was like, huh, Coach Jay? He says, brother, you are completely different. Right? He said, and you're different for the better. He said, because if you were that same person that came in here still in year six, he said, I wouldn't have come and worked for you. Mm-hmm. So in year five and, five and six, um, I got a sports psychologist to come in uh, that was actually in a uh, four five and six sports site, uh, to come in and work with our kids, work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> it, it helped us. Like, um, like I said, I became process driven and, and now outcome driven. I didn't care about wins and losses. I cared about the process of the, the loss. Right. How do we process this loss? How do we process <laughs> this win? Because I tell you, there was some, there was some great losses yeah. That we had like we had some better losses than we had than wins. Right. And I began to I began to recognize those were like uh Coach H, we played golf coast, they were nationally ranked, they were one at the time, and we're coming in, and if we win, like we take over one spot and we're number yeah. one team in the country, <laughs> and it's at their place, and it that game ended up being 109 to 110. Right. Wow. And 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 I set my best player out. Mm-hmm. I didn't let her play and it was like the most amazing game. My kids fought and I was like, they walked in, they're all crying and depressed. And I'm just like, I mean, they're like, Whoa. Yeah. I was like, did y'all know what, did you just see what we just did?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, and they're looking at me like, I'm like, this is going to carry us through. This is going to carry us. Like right. this loss right here is going to carry us to something that you guys will never understand until we face it again and we faced that same team in the semis in the final 4 mm-hmm. Gulf Coast and we beat them yeah <laughs> and so yeah. that prop man and I getting chills think about how those kids fought but that process and not outcome driven was the difference between my uh first year and my second year and then like Little things didn't matter to me. I didn't fight every little war, every little battle. Everything that happened was not a nuclear bomb. And I think mm. coaches get so caught up in every little things a nuclear bomb. Well, so and so didn't do this. Okay. Right. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about this over here. Right. And that's and I tell people, do do we want to deal with that right now, or do we want to deal with this? Because if we deal with this, then she's gonna act this side of the way, and then we're not gonna be able to accomplish this right. today. Yeah. You're right, coach. And then I'll say, hey, you okay? Yes, sir. All right. And since, and they thought I was going to come and act a fool. And since I didn't act a fool, they're going over here and they're going to work their tail off over here now for me. Absolutely. And those are the things that I learned, Coach, that uh, made the journey and the experience so much better in year five and six. Mm-hmm. And again, those were things that I had to fix in me. Those yeah. weren't, th- those weren't things that the kids had to do. That's it right. wasn't on the kids. It was uh, the players. It was on me. It was on me as a coach to uh, convey and to uh, lead them in those ways. And then they're watching everything you do. So now they're going to take on your personality. They're going to take on the traits that you have. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that I learned in year Uh, Five and six that were so much uh, lacking in year one, two, three, and uh, you know I say more one, one through three because four I started to kind of make that uh, pivot and that shift.
0: Yeah, started turning. The I think you speak on something so important. You talked about process and then outcome driven, right? Mm -hmm. And I think in coaching uh, that doesn't happen a lot. A lot of coaches talk about process. They talk about all these things, but at the end of the day. They are outcome-driven, which I understand as well, too. In college athletics, and athletics, Mm -hmm. it is high pressure. It is everything else. What advice would you give uh, for coaches, for leaders, for partners, et cetera, on how to be less outcome-driven and more process-oriented?
1: I I think once you focus on the process, the outcome is there.
0: Mm
1: So I, I tell people all the time, I wrote my first book. Well, I started writing a book and it was get off the bench, get into the game. That was my first book. And, uh, I, and I talked to the person I went through the process and all this stuff. And when we won the national championship, I came back to my publisher and I was like, I need to do a different book. I need to do from chumps to champs. And I had been working on it. And so the, the first book gave me a process of how to do that quicker. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go through the process. Like you have to go through the process to even uh, develop anything. So to have a hard copy. So I went through the process in three weeks. I wrote this book in three weeks. And at the end of this three-week process, I handed over a manuscript to the publisher. Right. We made some changes. We made some edits. And and then, you know, in week four, we like the project is done. So we focused on the process and I couldn't have a project be complete until I went through the process.
0: Absolutely. And so
1: I really believe, and I tell coaches, if you just focus on the process, your outcome will be there. Mm-hmm. So if you tell and you start off with the outcome and you say, ladies, we want, we want to do this, 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 and this. Okay. And then you drop it and you start focusing on the process. <laughs> all right those those processes all add up to the outcome of whatever you're going to do. And right. I think we so we get so caught up in looking like we say to the next game when we need to be focused on the game that we're playing. Mm-hmm. We get so caught up in looking for the next the next step to get to where we're going. We look at the outcome where we so forget the process and it's that one little motivational talk or touch awareness that somebody is not in their right state that you got to pull them out that might be the difference of you winning the national championship and you losing one Yeah, and I'll give give an example of we had a kid on our team that was really going to be vital to us winning she was playing god awful and I I saw it and her mental and she was depressed and so I went and talked to her and I'm like we need to go have you go talk to someone Because if you can't talk to me, you can't let, you know, you don't have to talk to me and it's probably better not to talk to me. Let's go have you talk to someone so you can get some things off your chest. So we got her in the counseling session. She got some things off her chest. She came to me. She's like, thank you, coach. And if I hadn't picked that person up in that very moment and I hadn't been caught up in the outcome and not in the process of watching and seeing body language and, and being aware and mindful of, my environment and my team—I mm-hmm. would have missed out on this. She goes and averages a double double, and she, <laughs> in the stream that we go on, and she <laughs> turns into the to, to the person she's supposed to be, right. and ends up being one of the uh, tournament players of the of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, a month before, this girl couldn't make a basket, right? She could get a rebound, and she goes into the district tournament and national tournament, averaging a double double. Without her averaging a double double, we don't win a national championship. But if I was so focused on the outcome, I would have and not the process, I would have missed out on that opportunity of getting her mind and getting her to the position where she needed to be so that she could be who she's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I think that when you talk about process, it's it's also for every coach, how are they going to get there? Right. It's yes, how, what why it's all these different things that you could put on your your checklist if you have a checklist and say, this mm-hmm. is how we're going to do it. And you're absolutely right. Players will take on your personality. So if you're a yeller and a screamer, guess what? They're gonna do the same thing with the mm-hmm. referees and everything else. But if you're calm, mm-hmm. you're cool, collective, you have a drive. and I'm not saying that's for everybody, but if you're right. able to do that, then you're able to build build that with everything and, and awesome. man they these are awesome nuggets that you are dropping us. I got one more question for you, Q. It's the it's the marquee question. People love it all the time. So here yes, we go, sir. man. When they make your movie, when mm-hmm. they make Q's movie, maybe it's Chumps to Champs movie, whatever movie they're going to make about your life, who is playing you?
1: Who is playing me? Uh,
0: Will Smith. Will,
1: <laughs> Will, Will Smith. Smith
0: is playing yeah. you. I could see yeah. it, might,
1: man. Might be a little tall. tall That's all right. Uh, but... Uh, Will Will Smith. Um, I, I would say Will Smith. I
0: love it, man. Well, Will Smith. Will Smith is a frequent listener to the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. Awesome. So we're gonna make sure that uh, that he knows he's gonna play you in a movie, Coach. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can they find all your stuff?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm real active on Facebook, which is Francois Bedell. Um, active on Instagram, which is uh, Q Leadership Coach, Mm -hmm. um, and also LinkedIn, which is my name, Francois Bedell. And uh, www.fromchumpstochamps.com is where you can get From Chumps to Champs. Um, I have uh, my uh, Get Off the Book, Get Into the Game uh, book. Um, If you want to DM me at any of those, I can also get that to you. Um, I just took that website down because I'm working on um, my new website, which will be Uh, we're working on that, and we're going to be moving that stuff on there. And so uh, those are the places um, nice, they can contact me. And I've got uh, a webinar coming up on April 7th okay. uh, talking about how to lead in transition. It's uh, going to be on Zoom, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, 8 p.m., uh, Eastern Time. Uh, you can go to Eventbrite. They're also uh, posting on uh, my social media pages. Um, and I've got some other things coming out. i uh, got a co-authoring program that um, I'll be pushing out uh, here shortly and some other things that we'll be working on. But, man, Hernando, uh, I look forward to adding value to you and uh, your conference. And um, I look forward to coming and sharing and, and being a part of that and, and, and hearing you speak, too. But Thank you for what you do, man, um, oh, man. and your vision and your heart uh, for people. Um, you know, it, it's so much needed in this game and in this environment. And so thank you for what you do. And um, you have a beautiful platform. And I, I sure appreciate uh, you having me. And I'm honored to be on it.
0: I appreciate man. I'm glad you able to finally be able to make it work with our schedules and everything else. Yes, sir. Um, you have added tremendous value to our listeners and to my life and everything moved forward, man. So I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks so much for coming
1: on. Thank you for having me. God bless.
0: What a story Coach Q has had for you today. From his humble beginnings all the way to the national championship at Tallahassee Community College. Reach out to him on all his social media networks. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the BCLE. Without your support, our movement wouldn't continue and be gaining steam don't forget to visit www.hernandoplanels.com visit us on on instagram on twitter on facebook even tiktok as we are dancing our way to leadership communication culture and connection if i could be of any service to you reach out to me anytime any place and hopefully next time you'll join us on another episode of the be contagious leadership experience till next time